You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 805 here on this Thursday. Great to have you here with us. And this um this was a conversation that started at the beginning of the week, whenever that was. It seems so long ago now. But uh, Jenny, Jason Kenney, Premier Jason Kenney out of Alberta, says, you know, he may go around Health Canada to get access to vaccines and testing kits or medications that he says are available and being used by several other countries and yet still await approval here. And one of the examples of that, and we've been talking about them throughout the week, is Spartan Bioscience. They're a, a Canadian company that's developed this rapid speed COVID test that had been used in the EU as well as the US, but up until a couple of days ago, Health Canada had not yet approved it. And since then, Ontario has ordered up a million of these rapid speed testing kits. But the issue itself, I think, raises a lot of questions you know, about the approval process at a time when we are just desperate to get drugs and equipment, tests or vaccines that other countries seem to be able to get and expedite uh, the process around while it seems Canada waits. And the provinces, I guess, can go around the federal body. But the question becomes, you know, would the cost of this cure be worse than the cost of waiting? Timothy Caulfield is a professor of health law and science policy over at the University of Calgary. Good to have you, Timothy. Good evening, Alex. All right. So the comments themselves certainly drew a lot of debate um, because it sounds great. And it's like, okay, let's do the rapid, you know, expedite this thing. But there's always going to be fine print to it. First of all, can the provinces go around uh, the federal government on this? Well, I don't know if it sounds great. I never thought, as soon as I heard about it, I actually thought it sounded, it sounded problematic. Look, the, the feds have technically the jurisdiction to do the approval process. That's that they have the, the legal framework, uh, and that's where the approval happens. Yes, health is a provincial jurisdiction, um, but they don't have a framework to do it right now. So the, uh, Kenny suggests that if some other jurisdiction has done the approval and they, they like that other jurisdiction, they, he called them peer jurisdictions, that they might consider using it. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of issues around that because that sort of undermines the Canadian system that we have right now. Uh, it, it, it suggests that there's some kind of bureaucratic issue that is holding up the, um, the approval of effective therapies. And I, I really don't know if that's the case. And, and no evidence has been put forward that that is the case. And the other thing I found really problematic, particularly in the tweet, is the suggestion that there are these effective and potentially effective vaccines out there that somehow we don't have have access to, which sort of, you know, it's like the malaria drug story that we've seen playing out uh, in another context. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say is, and I want to be careful, I'm not an epidemiologist, and I'm following this from a health policy perspective, is that some have raised concerns about about the efficacy of this test. Now, I hope it's effective, and, and we hope that there isn't going to be false positives. I'm sure you probably, I mean, false, uh, uh, false negatives. I'm sure you've heard that that might be an issue. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, that would be really problematic. So you want the scientific process to play out. The regulatory system is there for, for a reason. Could it be more effective? For, I mean, more efficient, possibly, but it's there for a reason. Right. And, and and the one conversation that comes out of this, I think, is, well, what about the liability? I mean, if a province were to go around and somehow circumvent the federal framework in place and then the drug turns out to be fish tank cleaner and doesn't work, then there's huge legal implications uh, that could cost a province billions in, in legal uh, you know, issues. Uh, true. And also think of the public trust issues that would that would fall from that and and also i think that it, it's it's a terrible signal you know right now we need you know unity uh, uh we i'm not saying that a an entity 
uh, doesn't deserve criticism. If it deserves criticism, right, if Health Canada was screwing up, I think that we need to scrutinize um, our authorities, our health authorities. But, um, you know, there, there was no real reason given for his skepticism other than he didn't like the pace at which this was playing out. And is Health Canada, are they known to be slower? I mean, we seem to hear about things that are available in, in Europe or in the United States, and you wonder, okay, why can't we get that here? Are they known to be methodically slow? You know, that's not my impression. And the other thing I want to really emphasize, and this is a good opportunity to talk about this, is there's always this impression, and this is something I've been following for decades, that whether you're talking about the FDA in the U.S. or Health Canada or, or, or the European regulatory agencies, that, that somehow there are these really effective therapies that are being withheld. Did you know it's extremely rare? It's extremely rare for a drug that's even in clinical trial to be found effective in the clinic. Only 10% of of drugs that are currently in a phase one clinical trial are going to make it to the clinic. And of those 10%, even a smaller percentage are going to be what we would perceive as a breakthrough drug. In other words, the efficacy is really profound. It's very rare for that translation to happen. So when you hear these stories about, oh, we need to have access to these drugs in clinical trial, the chance that that is going to be really effective is, is small. Right. But there is a desperation um, in place with this the, with this particular virus because of the damage with uh, both just not health wise, but the economy. It's been just such a nightmare. And, and of course, the world is racing to get the vaccine. And there's already trials underway in other countries of people saying, hey, I'll take it and I'll be your human test. So that's already going on in your mind or in your expertise. Is it happening too quickly, too fast? Because there, there is a, a real there is a real possibility that we don't get a vaccine for this thing. Yeah, it is, you know, it is worrisome. You want this to be done right. You know, can you imagine a, a vaccine that is ineffective or a vaccine that has uh, unacceptable side effects being rolled out because we're pu- pushing too, too fast? I, I am hopeful that everyone involved in this process, the scientists involved in this process, and I do sort of have my finger in the pulse in that the bioscience uh, community, are completely aware you know, of that of that that concern. If you you know read the scientific literature, there's you know op eds and there's comments mm-hmm. in the scientific literature saying let's get this right. Yes, we got to do it fast, but let's make sure the science is good. I, I think people are aware of that. Right, and and so in this one, uh, there is such a race in the world. What what is your view as far as timeline? We've heard twelve to eighteen months, but could it happen sooner? Uh, it could happen sooner, uh, but I think those, you know, the 12 to 18 months uh, is realistic. You know, let's be hopeful that that's all, you know, that's all it takes. You know, you heard Fauci say earlier that maybe he'd shave a few months off that, but let's, I think 12 to 18 months is more realistic. And then the other side of this is availability. I mean, there's going to be hundreds of millions of people trying to get their hands on it. And, you know, once a, a vaccine, God willing that they do get one, uh, how difficult will it be to get? I mean, you, you see all the fighting over equipment right now in the bidding process. Is that the same kind of thing once a drug is approved or a vaccine is approved that it becomes a race in buying it all up? Uh, I, I think that there. This is, I'm going to be hopeful here. <laughs> I'm hopeful that once it looks like we're signaling towards an effective vaccine, that whatever you know, market entity is involved, whatever government is involved, that they are going to be proactive in, in getting this up and running. In other words, it looks like this is going to be effective. Let's get the infrastructure in place to get this distributed quickly. In fact, you're already hearing, and maybe you've heard this yourself, you know, people talking that way, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's try to get this, this rolling as soon as possible. So I'm trying to be hopeful that we're not going to have the exact problem you, you described because that could be nasty.
Well, yeah, we've seen a lot of fights over the procurement and uh, it is a real nasty world on that. But then you wonder, okay, if they do get a vaccine, would they then have to, you know, choose, okay, we're going to give it to those who are over 60 or those who are most vulnerable, they get first crack at this. I'm not sure how it works on an ethic, ethical basis, but could they do it that way where they protect those who are most vulnerable first? Yeah, they could. And and they may want to say, you know, healthcare providers, you know, there could be a sort of a logical way to to roll it out. Um, and you could see that. You could see that happening. But I'm, I am hopeful that this is going to ramp up, you know, very, very quickly. But, but you know, look at look at the the noise that happened around masks. So, you know, mm-hmm. you're, if you're talking about chaos around, uh, you know, those uh, the distribution of masks, you can only imagine the kind of chaos that would happen with vaccines. But again, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be mm-hmm. optimistic and I'm going to say that I hope this is going to be rolled out in a logical and fair manner. That would be a good thing. We need a good thing. Thank you very much. Professor, I appreciate your time on this, and uh, I'll bug you again if we start to see more things coming at us. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Alex. That is uh, Professor Timothy Caulfield, who's uh, been involved in the science and the policy side of this stuff. And so, again, it's if it sounds too good to be true, chances are it is.